places I remember all my life. Though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone, and some remain. All these places had their moments with lovers and friends. I still can recall some are dead and some are living in my life. I've loved them all. everybody and welcome to the Mondays with Millie podcast. My name's Bill Christopharo, your host and okay, I've succumbed to the pressure. We'll call this episode one, season 13 of Mondays with Millie. We've decided we'll probably keep going. Uh, there have been lots of requests for more Millie and um, while not every week, uh, we'll do something probably more like once a month or so, but um, we'll keep going because everyone wants a bit of a bit more Millie in their lives, don't they? So um, so welcome, everybody. And uh, before I give Millie a quick call, uh, some very exciting news uh, that Kirsten is actually, as I, as I record this, she's on her way to the UK to see her mum after a very long time. And she's nervous and very excited about it. So... Uh, I called Millie during the week to see how she's going and how she felt about it. And we, we covered a few bits and pieces, lots of different topics going backwards and forwards. Um, and uh, I'm really eager to, to hear how the reunion goes when I speak to her um, in the next day or so. And I'll keep you posted. 
So if you haven't joined the Mondays with Millie Facebook page, uh, I highly recommend it because um, we've got quite a few people uh, on there sharing their thoughts and things and I've put quite a few photos up there and lots of there's lots of bits and pieces on there that sort of um, yeah give you a bit more Millie bit more of the Millie experience so um, all right without further ado I'll give Millie a call and we'll um, we'll see you on the other side and thanks for listening hello oh hello how are you I'm well Just let me turn the phone off and turn the television off we're on about sanctions for Russia, you know. <laughs> well, and and deservedly so, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, um, Germany has surprised us because, um, you know, they rely tremendously on that new pipeline that's almost complete mm. from Russia, you know, for the for the for the heating. And um, he's just announced that he's not signing it off. And the first footstep Russian soldier that steps foot on Ukrainian soil will be cancelling it altogether. And the Russians are really relying on that. Hmm. It's, it's a bit of a watch this space, isn't it? Yeah. And everybody didn't think he'd go that far because they do... You know, they do get quite a lot of their, their uh, oil from Russia. Anyway, hmm. there it is. We'll have to, we'll have to wait. Said, watch this space. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the world's watching yes. and waiting. On a cheerier note, um, uh, you're a bit excited because come this Friday or this weekend, something special is going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to tell, tell everybody what that is? Well, Kirsten's coming. Kirsten's coming. Kirsten's coming yes. home. The Colonel's coming home. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so you, when's the last time you saw her? Uh, well, it'll be three years in August. Wow. wow. Yeah, when she came over for the wedding. Yes. Mm. Well, she's very excited. She's even packed days out. She's even packed the bag. So she's <laughs> she's good. very excited. She doesn't normally pack this early. So I thought I'd um just check in with you actually and do a bit of a a bit of a special. There's been an overwhelming um well, a couple of things have happened. Um number one, you've just clocked sixty thousand listens. So you just oh. clocked <laughs> <laughs> Um the other thing is I've got all these questions from your listeners. They want answers. So I've, okay. I've, I've almost been lynched today, I reckon, by a few people who have been <laughs> crying out for a bit more Millie. So I thought I'd um, answer the call. So are you up are You up for a few questions? Because there's a few good ones in here. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I have a, a nice message from a fella called Tom Burkett who lives in West Witten. I don't know. But where's West Witten? Do you know where that is? Sounds I think that's down south. I think so. It's very English sounding, isn't it? West Witten. Yes. Yeah. He says, mm -hmm. Hi, Phil. I just wanted to say I love the podcast and especially love hearing Millie talk about her time in Blackpool. I grew up on Dixon Road 
right round the oh. corner from the house on Devonshire Road. Um, in fact, I used to walk past that house every day on my way to school. I was also wondering if you could ask Millie if she has any memory of John and Doris Burkett. Uh, they were my grandparents and they owned a shop on Dixon Road, which was an ironmongers slash hardware DIY shop. It was called Burkett Home Crafts. I didn't know them personally, but yes, we used to buy all our bits and pieces from there because the... You know, the very day I told you, I saw the first ghost, the first ghosting. Oh, yes. When I was laying carpet and that. Well, that was the shop that I sent John to, to get the carpet tax. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> so there's a direct connection between the um, yes. the friendly yes. ghost of Carshalton Road and Burkett's um, and the home craft. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. He goes on to say, unfortunately, my granddad passed away quite a few years ago and my grandma Doris has dementia, but she's made it to the ripe old age of 102 and and is still going. We don't get to hear many stories from her anymore, but would love to see if Millie had any memories of my grandparents or even the shop. So do you you remember, uh, would you remember the people who worked in the shop or you would have had just a passing sort of connection to them? No, I remember the shop, but John used to go and buy things like that, you know. Mm. I didn't, uh, I used to leave that to him, you know, buying, or my father, my father used to go in there, yes. Oh, I'd send him to do do the messages like that, mm. you know. Mm. So what, mm. what sort of, how would that shop compare to today? Like it was a proper <laughs> ironmonger, they actually had a forge and everything out the back oh, today. Yes, absolutely, well. We, we do have one here like that. We're very fortunate in St Albans Road where they sell just about everything, everything you can think of. But that's very rare now, yes. Mm. You usually have to go to a large place like uh, B&Q, um, you know, enormous places. Mm. But, um, yeah. But, yes, uh, and, 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 of course, my brother had one of those shops, you know, mm. until he retired, yes. And he sold just, you could just go in there and ask for absolutely anything. You know, in the age of make, do and mend, you had to mend yeah. things, didn't you? You needed absolutely. to. Yeah. yeah. I've got a, a nice message here from someone called Ben Tither. And Ben says, Hi, Phil, I hope this message finds you well. I'm currently on Season 8 of Mondays with Millie and I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying it. My uh, my grandparents were from Millie's generation and were also from Manchester. Unfortunately, I never got to have the grandparent experience and get to know them, but listening to someone from the same generation as them talk about their experiences and memories has been really lovely. Um, so I wanted to know about how the name Millie came about, and I think we've we've probably answered that one in earlier episodes, but it comes from, <coughs> comes from mother-in-law, an extension of that. Um, uh, are there any further episodes planned? I'd be interested to hear Millie's memories from England winning the World Cup in 1966 the Queen's Silver and Golden Jubilee, 
and the death of Princess Diana. So what is your, I know you're not really a football fan as such, but what's your memory of the World Cup for Eng- from England's winning the World Cup in 66? I don't have any great memories. I know my father got very excited because he was alive then until 1967. Um, Paul wasn't terribly interested in football. He was more involved with his pigeons, you know, racing pigeons. (laughs) (laughs) So we went a very, a very excited. um, My father was the, the, the best one for football. But he could take it or leave it, you know. But 69, of course, was exciting for me when uh, Manchester City won the Cup because that was the day Kirsten was born. Ah. 26th of April, 1969. The Cup on that day, on that particular day. Yes, and that that was my father's... He he, um, Yes, he was a fan of of, uh, Manchester City. He wasn't alive then, of course. But um, I remember Paul... Jumping up, he nearly got arrested. They thought he was a peeping Tom. He was jumping up and uh, to look through the windows of the nursing home, and he's shouting. I could hear him shouting, um, "What a great day!" He said, "My pigeons have won the race from Wrens, and City's won the cup, and I've got a sister." <laughs> In that order. <laughs> She'd only just been born a few hours before. And I remember standing on my bed because it was a very old building and there were big sash windows, so the bottom half were frosted glass, you see. You couldn't see either. So you had to stand on your bed to see through the top part. And I stood on my bed, waving to him, and somebody shouted, fetch a policeman, fetch a policeman, we've got a peeping Tom. And I said, he's not a peeping Tom, it's my son, he's only 17. (laughs) (laughs) So what what do you remember about the Queen's Jubilees, the silver and the gold one? Do you you have strong memories of that? Um, Oh, yes. I mean, usually it was involved with something at church, you know, we'd have a big celebration and have a tea. There were lots of um, street parties. We're going for street parties here, you know. <laughs> I suppose we'll have one this year uh, in, uh, I think it's in May, for the Queen's um, anniversary, you know, a coronation anniversary. Mm, yeah, right. But, uh, yes, it was all very exciting and everything in red, white and blue, of course, you know. <laughs> so, so would you get involved and the, would the family put something, like you put have tables out on the street and you put food out on, on the for everyone to share is that how it kind of worked what we used to call uh, a jacob's join you know everybody brought something or other they'd have a a little um a a sort of a little committee to decide who was going to bring what you know otherwise you'd finish up with all sausage rolls or something nothing else um so we needed variety and there was and uh, of course the schools there was always something the children usually got a souvenir from school a mug or a, a tin, a tin of toffees with the, the Queen's picture on the front of the tin, something like that, you know. And as far as Diana's funeral is concerned, well, of course, I'm afraid I'm one of those that didn't idolise her. 
So it's all got a bit out of hand, really. You know, things sort of escalated about uh, the Queen not coming down. They, she was uh, in Scotland uh, with Prince Philip, and the children were there as well, William and Harry, and Prince Charles. And uh, when they heard the news, and of course Prince Charles flew out there with her two sisters to bring her body back home. But the the thing was, everyone's saying, the Queen should be here, the Queen should be here, you know. And of course they were still flying, uh, the, they weren't flying the Union Jack above the, well they never do, above the palace. Uh, you, you heard all these stories and, and the newspapers were, were the worst of all, stirring up things. And they were saying, why isn't why isn't her, her standard flying? Well, she was divorced. She, you know, why would her, why would princess, uh, well, she wasn't a princess then. Why would Diana's standard be flying from Buckingham Palace? It was ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, eventually, they flew the Union Jack at half-mast. You see, the standard is only flying when the Queen is in residence. And, of course, she was looking after her two grandsons. I mean, can you... It was bad enough when she had, they, she had to bring them down. But, you know, they just lost the mother. Mm. They were being looked after there. The grandfather was taking them out on the moors each day and trying to keep them away from the from the public, really, until they could control the grief a bit. And, um, and she was doing what any grandma would do. She was protecting them. Mm. But people didn't seem to realise this. They just... You know, they just wanted, they want just wanted the queen there showing grief and the children showing the grief. And to me, it was sick. I thought it was sick. Now that's just my opinion. I know, mm. but I could understand why they didn't come down to London right away. Mm. Well, it's a very private thing. Well, it's very it tragic. It was private. Yeah, very tragic, and you know, that's tragic. Interesting what happens. The media gets hold of something, and they certainly don't, you know, they don't uh, look for the necessarily the <coughs> true story. They look for the most sensational no. story, don't they? So, no. you know. I mean, everyone was sad. She was a young woman, and she died, and she was the mother of two young boys. There were there were faults on both sides, hmm. and it was all very sad. But you know, they were making out that Prince Charles was a villain, and and I got very upset all about it because of course John was um, very much a fan of Diana you see and uh, and I, I did I did get upset about it all right so I've got I've got a message here from um, a lady called Victoria McLaughlin and it says she says I absolutely love this podcast. My dad was born in Blackpool and my nana owned a couple of hotels there during my time during that sorry, during the time Mimi <laughs> spent there in her teens. So it's lovely to hear about growing up in Blackpool at that time. If Millie could pick any decade to go back to, which one would she choose? Um, well, that's very difficult, isn't it? Uh I I certainly enjoyed myself when I was in my teens. So that would be in the 50s, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, but I suppose I was happiest in the 60s 
when I, after I married John, you know, life got very much easier mm. and calmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah, they're different. They're different decades for different reasons. I know you said you well, liked the fashion of the fifties. Was your favourite for fashion? I did. Um, and uh, obviously your personal happiness um, improved once you got married and started, you know, expanded on your family, yeah. I guess. And, and you know, talking about arguing with him over Princess Diana, believe it or not, that's about the only thing we argued about. Princess, Di Princess Diana, well, he called her Princess Diana. Princess Diana and, um, and making wine and beer. <laughs> We didn't argue about anything else. In 46 years, that wasn't bad, was that it? That was pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Valerie Jenkins says, um, absolutely loving the podcast, only on Series 3. Millie's voice is amazing. I love listening to her. Really enjoyed the whole thing. It's very professional. My question is, um, did Millie ever eat Morecambe Bay shrimps or, saf or samphire? from the marshes of Southport just along the coast? I, I, I didn't eat sapphire, but I one of my favourite foods is Morgan Bay shrimps. <laughs> oh, really? Really? One of your favourites? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. There was a farm near here. It actually, it's on the road to the cemetery uh, on Regent Road. Uh, an old farmhouse, and they were in the shrimping business for generations. They're not there now, unfortunately. And you could go there and get the fresh shrimps that they just literally just boiled, you know, or cooked whatever they did with them. And um, they were just so beautiful. Get your fresh batch every now and again. Yes, from yes, from the house itself where they where they lived. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Um, Susan, yeah. Susan Davey says, um, hearing that Doreen was a follower of fashion made me wonder if she had a favourite time for footwear. I remember my mum in the 1950s and 60s wearing fabulous stiletto heels, which I love but could never walk in. Um, in my <laughs> teens, I had a great big pair of platform shoes, which I always fell down the bottom three stairs when I was going out. <laughs> <laughs> what was, um, what was Millie's well, during the war, Well, what, during the war, they brought out these wooden sole shoes. They're a bit like fancy clogs in a way, although you, you didn't call them clogs. They were, the top part was quite fashionable, but uh, they were wooden soles. And then, of course, they did bring out um, wedge, wedge heels. I liked wedge heels, especially the high ones. You know, you get very high wedges. Uh, I liked those, but I think my favourite time was um, around 1959, 60. Uh, at the time I got married, they brought out these iridescent leather shoes that, in different shades. They were beautiful. I remember Dorothy and I going, we'd ordered our shoes. She was having pale lilac coloured ones and I was having peach coloured ones to match my wedding dress. And uh, we we'd had we had to order them. We went to this little shop to collect them. That was the Saturday before I got married in 1960. And 
I remember um, we just got the shoes and I was all excited because they fit me and everything. And, and you could have a little clip-on diamante brooches to stick on the front if you want that you could put on and take off. And um, I was full of, you know, happy getting these shoes. And we came out of the shop and Dorothy said, oh, look who's across the road. And John was stood there and he was sort of hanging on to a Belisha beacon. Do you know what Belisha beacons were? They used to have them at the, at the crossroads. You could cross at the Belisha beacon, you see. They went out years ago. And he was sort of stood there hanging on to this Belisha beacon. And I said, he's drunk. And he'd got a hangover from his... He'd had his, <laughs> he'd had his bachelor night the night before. And he must have had a hangover. And he still had an upset stomach. And I think he'd gone to pick his suit up. And, you know, I just said, come on. Come on, pretend you haven't seen him. <laughs> wasn't that terrible? I wasn't going to be seen with drunkard on a Saturday afternoon. It's <laughs> um, gold. Um, Dorothy thought it was awful. She said, oh, oh, oh. I said, oh, he'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so so you got your shoes and he had de nursed the hangover. Right, okay. Um, oh, he got it. How? Yes, he, he saw it that night and he, he looked a bit, he was a bit quiet. I never let on I'd seen him, you know, not till years later. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, he said, that's, you know, loving kindness, that wasn't it, you know. <laughs> what um, what did a pair of shoes like that cost back in the day? Well, well these were very expensive and they were three guineas. Three mm. guineas was quite a lot of money then, oh, yeah. So give me an idea because I have no well, you could get clue a what pair of shoes means. for 30 shillings, you know. Say again? You could get quite a nice pair of shoes for 30 shillings in those days. Mm. Right, so conversion, a guinea is what? One pound, one shilling. Right, okay, one pound, one shilling. So what was yeah. the average, what were you getting paid a week? In uh, well, my way. Well, I, I was paid eleven pounds a week at that time. Okay. And John's and John's take-home pay after paying tax and insurance was sixteen pounds ten shillings. Right. Okay. And he and he was a draftsman. That well, he was. He wasn't a design draftsman then. He was just a draftsman. Yeah. At British Aerospace. So was that well paid? Was that? A lot of money, and that was a well-paid job. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so you were earning eleven pounds a week. Yes. And, and your I, shoes, I was, your shoes cost a three bit, guineas. A bit oh, so three pounds. So about yeah. a third of a week's wages. Yes. Roughly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So a third of my mind you, I had made my wedding dress myself. So um, I went over to Manchester to Kendall's, Kendall Mills in uh, quite a posh store in Manchester and bought the material and I made my own wedding dress. So I saved money there and probably that only cost about five pounds for the material. Mm. Well, to put that into perspective, I was talking to a, 
a lady at work, colleague at work, and <coughs> her daughter was getting married a couple of weekends ago, and there were there were actually two people at work whose daughters were both getting married, and one had spent four and a half thousand dollars on the wedding dress, and the other one had spent twice as much as that, nine thousand yeah. dollars on a wedding on the wedding dress. Now, <coughs> I th- and you just and you said you paid five pounds for the material and you made it yourself and it's yes. a beautiful dress it's a gorgeous dress i've seen pictures of it it's yeah. beautiful have you still got it i have yes but i cut the sleeves short they were long sleeves and had little covered buttons on the cuffs but i cut the sleeves short because i did wear it once more to a very a very posh event that British Aerospace put on. That was a couple of years later. And I thought, I'm not going to buy a new dress for this. And um, so I, I cut the sleeve short and, and wore that. Mm. Oh, wow. So you got to wear it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> well, because it wasn't white, you see. It was, you know, it was like a, it was a peach with two shades of gold in the fabric, you mm, know. Mm-mm. Sure. So, yeah, so I could get away with that. Mm. Did is that the dress that Neve tried on? It is, yes. Right. Okay, so so Neve fitted into that dress. How long ago was that? Do you think? Oh well, it's a few years ago now. It must be probably about five years ago. Well, she's now seventeen. Turned yes, eighteen in July. Five years ago. So mm. it, wow. So she she fit. Into that dress at the age of, yeah, wow, oh wow. But you know, the thing was, I used to tell Kirsten, oh, I used to, I was thinner than you, I was thinner than you, and she said, oh, I'm sure you weren't. So I said, well, try my wedding dress on, and you know, she, it wouldn't fit at the back. The zip wouldn't fasten up at the back. Oh. And you know how slim Kirsten was, yes, and still is. Yes. Even so then, this is a number of years ago, yeah. She couldn't believe <laughs> how thin I was. Well, well, let's, you never should have, she should have known not to go up against <laughs> Millie. She was never going to win that one, was she? I know, when we went to buy Kirsten's wedding dress, I don't want to train, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting married out in a beautiful garden. She said, can you imagine how ridiculous it would look with me with a long train, training through the grass? So she she had the ball gown type of dress, a princess line, didn't she? Beautiful dress, but mm. quite in uh, what they call slipper satin. Yes, but and it still looks good. Uh, the day that Tamar, uh, um, rather not Tamar, the, the day that Neve tried on my wedding dress, um, she tried a mother's one as well. <laughs> oh, did she? <laughs> How did that go? Oh, yeah. It was a bit... had a mad afternoon. Oh, it would have been fun. That would have been a fun day between <laughs> yes, with the was. three the yeah. three generations going yes. through. I mean, the... what 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 she's eventually going to do with those? I don't know because you know they take up a bit. They take up a trunk. Those two dresses. Oh right. So I'm sure she's going to want to take a, a trunk over to Australia. Mm. Mm. What what <laughs> um what do you think of fashion in the modern age today? Do you, do, you, do you take um, an interest in it? Do you sort of do you well, look yes, at things? Well, yes, I do. 
I've stopped buying clothes though because I've so many clothes in the wood. In fact, when Kirsten comes over next week, one of the jobs she's going to have to do is help me go through the clothes and get. I've I've already got rid of quite a lot, you know, but um, I want three three double wardrobes full of clothes, and oh. I need it. Things I I never wear now. Some of them I can't get into, but um, most of them I can. But you know. I, I don't go to those sort of functions now. Do Do you know there's a there's a young teacher at my work, and she has a a business on the side. She rents her clothes out. It's apparently quite a popular thing. You can you can actually rent other people's clothes to wear them to whatever special events, so that you don't have to go out and buy. I think it's a great idea. So so practical. Well, well, you know, when I go to stay at Christopher's house, uh, the bedroom I sleep in, um, the wardrobe is full of beautiful clothes, and I really mean beautiful, afternoon dresses, evening dresses uh, that belong to Gillian, because, of course, as a diplomat's wife, she used to wear all these clothes when she was in Russia. And uh, she doesn't go to those sort of places now, so they're all there hung in these clear plastic covers Dozens and dozens of them, you know. She could go into business renting those out, I'm oh, sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Things she'll never wear again. Mm. Well, it's, it's amazing how people innovate on these things, isn't it, you know? Yes, yes. Amazing. Absolutely. And there's there's a huge, I mean, there's a huge market now, and even on just Facebook, on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> people, not just in clothes, but everything. You can buy, buy swap and sell just about, anything and it would, yes you know yes it's uh it's amazing really so i think um now the the wedding dress that diana had i thought was absolutely atrocious when she got out and i know i wasn't the only one thousands of people thought oh my goodness it was creased to bilio she got out of that coach and it was just a mass of fabric and creased all creased up it was terrible it was an awful dress and far too busy too much on it and now when when um prince william's wife kate got married i thought hers was one of the most beautiful dresses i'd ever seen she looked absolutely incredible didn't she absolutely mm. yes mm. the dress itself was just just perfect you know yeah, just perfect. I wonder yeah. what a, a wedding dress in the UK would set someone back. I guess it depends. You could um, spend anything, couldn't you, really? Oh, yes. Um, certainly a £1,000 upwards. I mean, Kirsten was very, very, very um, underestimated, really, with what she wanted. She was quite deliberate. I don't want this and I don't want that and I don't want a lot of... Uh, diamantes and it's more of what she didn't want than what she did want you know mm, mm, yeah <laughs> and she wasn't prepared to spend more than a few hundred pounds on a dress you know well but let her father spend more than a few hundred pounds on a dress she said it's a dress that will be worn once it's ridiculous you know but i thought she looked beautiful anyway and she got to wear it twice so you know there you go <laughs> <She did. laughs> I think it. I think it was a. I think I seem to remember it was only about five hundred pounds. 
yeah. think I think you're about yeah. right. I think you're about yeah. right. And um, and in fact, we had a few words. Not a few. When I say a few words, I mean just a difference of opinion. I said something other about a veil not long ago, and she said, "I didn't wear a veil." I said, "I'm looking at two photographs at the moment of you in a veil. <laughs> one with your husband and one with your father." And there was silence for a minute. She said, oh, well, that wasn't a proper veil. It was only a short one. <laughs> and it was a short one because she said, I don't want a long trailing veil. I've told you. I can't do with anything trailing on the floor. <laughs> was she even at so her wedding? Did she funny. even remember? I mean, goodness me. Gee. <laughs> so then, and then she said, well, well, it wasn't over my face. I said, well, it didn't have to be over your face. Of course it wasn't over your face. <laughs> she said, I don't want to veil over my face. You know, I told you, it's more what she didn't want rather than what she did want. When I told Tamar, you know, my granddaughter, she started to laugh and she said, well, uh, in case she, she wants to look at it, I've still got her veil and the headdress because she borrowed it. <laughs> Oh, when really? she got married, and she oh. still got it, you know. Oh, wow. She said, well, I've got the headdress, and I've got the veil somewhere as well. So I can tell you she did wear a veil. <laughs> ah, well, that that's it's really lovely when um, a piece of clothing yeah. gets passed around like that amongst the yeah. family. I think that's fantastic. That's yes, brilliant. absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, we might um, sign off there, and... Um, it was a bit of an impromptu one, this one today. We might have to do this a bit more regularly. We'll call this season, episode one, season 13, and we'll see how we go from there. Right. right. No worries. Um, well, I, hope, I hope I haven't upset anyone by giving my opinion of what happened when Diana died, but it was just completely crazy. You know, mm, as mm. far as I was concerned. Yes. But that was my opinion. Mm. And you're entitled to it. You yes. live, you live <laughs> in, a, in a democracy in a, and, and you're free to have a, a point of view. And uh, especially at the age yes. of 91, you've got, you know, a few extra tickets for that. So no problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cheerio. Okay. Cheerio, love. Bye. There are places I remember all my life Though some have changed, some forever Not for better, some have gone And some remain All these places had their moments with lovers and friends I still can recall Some are dead and some are living In my life I've loved them all But of all these friends and lovers there is no one compares with you And these memories lose their meaning When I think of love as something new Though I know 
protection for people and things that went before and I know I'll often stop and think about them in my life I'll love you more Some are dead and some 